Hey, and welcome to Double Take with Rick and Lori Fry. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Listening to one of our favorite sounds. <laughs> We don't look cool rocking out. No, we don't. I'm just telling but you. We, we have the cool vibes happening. <laughs> we do. <laughs> well. Gosh, what a great pleasure to get to do this with you. <laughs> Most of the time. We'll Most see. of the time, yeah. <laughs> well, we are brought to you by Stream Grace Network and Oneness Ministries. And our topic today mm. is kind of a difficult one. <laughs> well, we're sitting down here <laughs> to start this, we were both struggling with how we're going to talk about this mm-hmm. because it's why we don't go to church anymore. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it just feels like we're lazy. Some, no, it, no, it doesn't. <laughs> sometimes it does for me. Oh, okay. Um, but I've lost. What have we lost from going to church? Uh, do you, you want know, me to be honest? Yes. I want you to be honest. <laughs> frustration. We've gained frustration. We haven't lost it. No, no. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. No. I, I, it's okay. Let's do the, let's do the disclaimer here. Okay. We are not telling anybody to not go to church. Absolutely. Ever. We are. In fact, Pat, who's on staff here is even teaching at her church. She's in the rotation on her church and she loves it. Yes, she does. Um, And so we're not... We're not saying don't go to church, but what we're saying is the truth is there are a lot of Christians, a lot of believers that feel like it's not home anymore, feel like it's not, when I say frustration, for me it's been, I can't sit and listen to a mixed message anymore without being completely frustrated because Grace is, in my opinion, grace is given lip service, but real grace is not what we hear in most. And we say church meaning organized religion, going to a building and listening to a sermon and all that sort of stuff. Well, let's go back to the word mixed. You can't, and I agree with this, but let's define mixed. And you touched on it about mixed message, mixed message. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you touched on it. But what I find frustrating is trying to make the old covenant and the new covenant compatible. Mm-hmm. They are not. No. But most church teachers try to, because this I think is, it's because they don't understand. There is a place for the old covenant, and then there is a place for the new covenant. Old Testament, New Testament. You don't throw anything out. But understand the old covenant with new te- with new covenant eyes, or else you're going to get completely confused. Right, the old covenant was fulfilled; it was finished. It Hebrews calls it a shadow mm-hmm. of the new, which means it has no substance. Mm-hmm. It's just a shadow. Mm-hmm. So it's compl- Jesus said it's finished. That was the last thing he said mm-hmm. before he died, and the veil to the Holy of Holies was ripped from top to bottom, which means we as believers are holy enough 
we are clean enough to walk into the very presence of God. Because of what Jesus did. Because of what Jesus did. Has nothing to do with us. Mm -hmm. Has nothing to do with what we, how we have behaved. It has nothing with, to do with our past. It has everything to do with Jesus completing, finishing, fulfilling the law. Mm-hmm. And all of the stuff he said about old, you know, new wine won't fit in old wine skins. You know, I mean, there, there are, I can't, I can't think of any of the other ones off the top of my head, but everything Jesus did pointed to the new that was coming. Yes. You can't mix the two because they contradict each other for one. Yes. But yet believers try to make those two compatible. You can't have, I have an evil, wicked heart when in the new covenant, it says we are a new creation with new, with the mind of Christ. We have been made clean. So it doesn't work. And he said, I will abide in you forever. Mm-hmm. And he said, I will not leave you as orphans, which means fatherless. Mm -hmm. So the two, I have an evil, wicked heart, and I abide in you, cannot happen simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Once you accept Christ, he moves into you forever. And your wants change, your Your, desires change. Yes. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. So that's part of why we're not there anymore. We can't, I can't, I can't listen to a sermon when they're trying to convince me that my sins have bearing on my relationship to God. Mm -hmm. Now, I am still, I, I am, I still do stupid things. Notice I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> well, that's and because, you're welcome. That's because you do stupid things too. Not as many. <laughs> not as many. I'll agree with that. But God sees me clean. Yes, my stupid behavior, and you can call them sins if you want to, but they're all forgiven. We say this all the time and have said it for a long time. Where were your sins when Jesus died on the cross? They were all in the future. Mm-hmm. And he forgave all sin. Mm-hmm. It says so in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Hebrews. They were never to be remembered. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> As if they never happened. That's a huge statement. Mm-hmm. Which is completely different than what you hear in the law of the old covenant. That's right. So that's one reason why they don't mesh. They don't. They, they don't work together. They don't. Everything in the old covenant pointed to the coming of the Christ. Everything. Everything. Well, you know, what was it? I read something. Um, oh, gosh, I can't remember who it was now. Um, but they were talking about GPS and how they liked GPS was great because yes. it gets you to where you're going. And if you listen to the GPS, most of the time, you're going to get where you're trying to go. But once you get there... You, you get to turn it off because if you don't turn it off, it's going to say, you have reached your destination. You've reached your destination. You've reached your destination. So turn the thing off. And his point was the law pointed to Christ, to the new covenant. So you get to stop with the old covenant as far as, of course, and going back to the, the law was given to the Jews, not to the Gentiles. So that's another thing. But now we get to listen to 
the Holy Spirit inside of us. Now mm-hmm. we get to live as, um, like you said a minute ago, sin is not really an issue anymore because what we don't want to do is sin automatically. We most of the time don't want to, which is why we're, that's part of being the new creation. I would say, I would say there's never a time when I want to sin. There's never a time. I think we can in the moment. I think we can, but it's not, I choose it. Mm -hmm. I choose the stupid thing, but I really regret it. Well, sure. Very quickly. But when we're driving and you say things about other drivers, I <laughs> think that's, you that's, want to say that right then. Because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But so our, our desire in life as, as believers, mm-hmm. our overarching desire in life is to not hurt anybody, is to love people, is to try to get along, is to share the what we know about about Jesus. I mean, obviously that's why we're doing this, but that is the overarching desire in our lives. And if you're a believer, that's yours too. It just is. It becomes your identity. Mm -hmm. It defines who you are. Mm -hmm. You're not defined by your behavior. No. So that's part of the reason, I guess that's maybe the the bottom line. The, the, The reality is whether you agree with it or not, People are leaving church, and they have been for a long time. Yes. Um, this book, I'm going to read a couple of things. We have two books in front of me. One is called Beyond Sundays by Wayne Jacobson, and it's from 2018. And he quotes from a book called Church Refugees uh, by Josh Packard and Ashley Hope that came out a few years before that. Um, and so we're not – I read both of these, and they're excellent if you're interested. But the, but the point is people are leaving, and um, – in, in uh, Wayne Jacobson's book, he quotes from Church Refugees, and he says, according to sociologist Josh Packard, 31 million people are no longer attending a local congregation but remain passionately engaged with their faith in Christ. That's the same number of people who attend services each weekend. What's more, 7 million of those who attend will likely add to the number of those leaving in the near future. So that's kind of like, that's basically saying, of Christians in the in the U.S., half go to church and half don't. And leaving the church, the other point is leaving the church doesn't mean you're leaving your faith. Right. Now, I guess some people can be disillusioned for a while and, you know, say, I'm not doing this anymore. I guess you can do that. But, I mean, once you're a new creation, you're a new creation. So that's and something on top, else. But. And on top of that number, I have heard mm-hmm. that during COVID, 2020, mm-hmm. 2021, mm-hmm. 40% of that number stopped going. Mm-hmm. And that 40% is in the same category as you just described. Mm-hmm. They have not left their faith. Mm-hmm. They have left what they feel is something's not right here. Yeah, We're not getting what, <laughs> and I hate to base this on feeling, but until you have the knowledge of your new identity, yeah, until you have the knowledge, as John Lynch says, you're wrapped in a cloak of righteousness. Mm, yeah. Until you believe that, it's uh, it's uncomfortable to hear a message that's not consistent with that reality, mm-hmm. with that truth. Mm-hmm. And some people don't even know why it doesn't feel right. Let me read a couple of things out of Church Refugees because it, it explains what's going on. And you may not be one of these people, or you may. Um, 
this says this book is about a wholly different kind of churchgoer. It's about people who make explicit and intentional decisions to leave the church and organize religion. We call these people the de-churched or the duns. They're done with church. They're tired and fed up with church. They're dissatisfied with the structure, social message, and politics of the institutional church. And they've decided they and their spiritual lives are better off lived outside of organized religion. As one of our respondents put it, they did a big survey for this book. I guess the church just sort of churched the church out of me. Um, Another quote. Don't say that we left because we didn't want to follow Jesus or because we're too consumeristic or too selfish or too sinful. The self-righteous assumptions and finger-pointing are a kick in the ribs to those already paralyzed by fear and aching doubt. Please don't do that. The other thing they say here is you won't encounter a single story in this book of someone walking away from church on a whim or because of one bad experience. You won't hear that story because we didn't hear that story. Um and, the, and again, this book is called Church Refugees, and they define refugees as people who've been forced from their homes where they'd prefer to stay for fear of persecution. That, in a nutshell, describes the dechurched. Most people stay for a long time before mm-hmm. they leave, mm-hmm. and they leave or, or they don't leave partly because that's where their their life is. That's where their friends are. That's their... Um, I mean, they're leaving a community. Yeah. But so the community's got to get pretty oppressive mm-hmm. before you're going to leave. And that's one another thing they talk about in this book is these are the people that have been the workhorses, not the people that just sit in the pews right. and just show up on Sunday morning and Sunday night. And sometimes you need a break, so you just go and sit. But these are people that have that have done Sunday school and, and activities and, you know. Mowed the lawn. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. All service service-oriented mm-hmm. people. And a lot of these people in this particular book talk about that they, they saw something was missing or, or they heard something from God that, you know, this is something that I want you to do. And they're like, I really want to do this. So they go to their church and the church will go, well, that's, that's nice, but we don't, we're not doing that. Our focus is different. Our focus is, yeah, our focus is different. Mm -hmm. Or, um, if you are, if you, and I've been in a church like this before, if you go to the leadership and say, there's, there's an issue, there's a problem, you are listening to Satan. Yeah. You become the problem. You become the problem. Mm -hmm. So these people, and they stay and they stay and they try and they try to work within the parameters of their home, their church home until they can anymore. And, you know, that's the problem with, with organized religion in general is it becomes a, I don't know if I want to use the word business, but it sort of is. We've, we've, we've tried to talk to people, leadership in different churches to try to partner with them as, as a ministry. Mm-hmm. And what we, first of all, it's very difficult to get to talk to anybody at all because a lot of these places are self-sufficient. They're, and, and I think their heart's in the right place. They want to provide everything for their people. They'll provide marriage conferences and back to school nights and, um, counseling and they they try to provide everything and because they try to provide everything they're not really interested in what 
anybody else can offer to their people because they're their people. And so I get that they want to take care of their people. But by doing that, I mean, if I'm having a real issue in my family or in my relationship, I may not want to talk to my pastor Mm -hmm. because he's my pastor. Mm -hmm. And I'd rather he doesn't, he doesn't know about it. You know what you just said? I am sure you're going to tell me. You said Mm -hmm. what the church is doing is taking the responsibility away from me for my relationship with God. Mm. They're taking on the responsibility for me. And I do not believe that's God's design for us. Mm. He wants us individually in a relationship with him. It's your responsibility to pursue that relationship, to hear the Father's voice. That's one of the problems that comes from putting, replacing Holy Spirit with the Bible. Mm -hmm. And many, many churches have done that. We no longer need the Holy Spirit because we have the Bible. And I think there's, sometimes it's subtle, sometimes it's not so subtle. Right. But if, I'll speak for myself. I can remember listening to messages and going, that doesn't really fit but then i would go or that just doesn't sit right with what i've experienced from god or even from scripture but i'll just go well that guy's been to seminary or that guy's the pastor or that person that woman i know has been you know she's a really she's been a believer longer than i have so i guess i'm just she seems to have this down. Right, so I'm just going to decide that what I think, I'm going to let that go because I don't know. Well, what was I wasn't discounting me. I was discounting what Holy Spirit was telling yes. me. And it caused me to lose friendships, and it caused me to, well, it also caused me to leave church. <laughs> because um, nobody has a corner on the market. But when you when you project as a church leadership that you do, and you use that to manipulate that doesn't sound like Jesus to me at all. Go ahead. I can tell by that face. <laughs> <laughs> we had a discussion the other day with a very close friend, and we discussed the position of most pastors. Most pastors um, are not accountable. Most pastors are un- in a denomination, and they have a leadership group, but most of them end up on an island. They're mm-hmm. Because of what you just said, we don't want to go to them because we will feel um, less than. We make a or comparison judged. or judged. I was trying to avoid that. Oh. Well, but, I'll say it for you. Yeah. <laughs> Most pastors are on an island. Mm-hmm. And when you take away my responsibility to hear God for myself, I join them on that island. Mm. It is called separation theology, mm. where it's up, if it's going to be, it's up to me. The worst thing, and that's part one, part two, part two. I think the worst thing that we could have ever said was, if we build it, they will come. <laughs> mm. Because they're building something to bring people in. It's called seeker-friendly. Mm. And you pay attention to the front door. And you lose focus of the back door. Mm-hmm. Because the more people you attract, they're hungry for the gospel. And the the more you focus on what the Bible says these people need to do, the more you lose mm-hmm. going out the back door mm-hmm. because they're not being fed the truth. Mm-hmm. The truth is you are responsible for your relationship to God. 
Well, God is, really. Uh, yes, that is the truth. Yeah. You are responsible for knowing, <clears throat> believing the truth about what God says about you. Mm-hmm. There's a comic, you guys have probably all seen it, but I love it, and it's a guy holding a box in front of a new believer and he says welcome to the faith and this is the box outside of which you will never think again that's right and uh unfortunately that's true in a lot of places it's not um it's hard to find a place that (laughs) i went uh okay i went to a church and it seemed very grace oriented for the most part it was probably the most grace oriented church that i found until i found another one that actually was um and it seemed very okay the leadership were good people they were they were kind they were um i think they were doing the best they can however and everything was fine until i did something that they didn't agree with Mm -hmm. and they didn't really want to hear me um and it well, it was I I was getting a divorce, yeah. and uh, which is a future topic. Yes, for this, yes, for this podcast. but but just but that church became a whole lot less graceful really fast. Mm-hmm. I immediately was taken out of everything I was doing, um, and I was told I had to go to counseling, and the only possible outcome from counseling would be to talk me out of it. And mm-hmm. if they didn't talk me out of it, well then. So I left. I mean, but they didn't want to hear anything different. In fact, there was a another friend of mine that went to talk to the pastor for me to try to just have a discussion about, you know, we might have a difference of opinion. And it didn't matter. Because the divorce became was your decision, you also faced the decision of being reconciled. Mm. So it was up to you if you decided to go through a divorce to work through the reconciliation regardless of what the other person was doing, Mm. regardless of what your spouse was behavior Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. caused you to want to be divorced from him. Mm -hmm. They weren't expecting him to change. They were expecting you to change. Right. Right. But yet they didn't want to hear anything from me because it didn't matter because I was the one that was making, I was the one that was going to the courthouse, so to speak. So, and then, you know, that was very hurtful. Yes, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Okay, I won't do it. That was very. That was obviously very hurtful. And then a lot of those people I never heard from again. And there was a, there was a couple that I did hear from again. And they, but it was, but that was the thing is like I was gone. And did anybody care that I was gone or why I was gone? There was a couple. They one can't. one person in my Sunday school class called me, and asked me what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I told her, and she was very sweet. But she's the only one. And then several years later, I heard from someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I was defriended. I just, nobody, it didn't matter. It didn't because matter. I'm sure people knew why, because people talk, but it didn't matter. I don't think that's what churches, I don't think that's what. You know, this, you know? Is, this is an overstatement, but it, I went through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it would have been better for me to have killed my wife than divorce them i would have gotten more grace that's sarcasm it is sarcasm okay but i I feel that's what i feel i i felt like it would have been easier for them to accept had i killed her Mm -hmm. as opposed to divorcing her they come visit you in prison yeah bring me cigarettes okay and you don't even smoke i don't even smoke but they're a commodity yes 
but no, I, mean, I don't know that by experience. <laughs> no, you don't. I mean, obviously, there's some there were some personal hurts for the both yes. of us, but but that wasn't even the end of it because I ended up we ended up in another church. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I ended up in another church shortly after that, and it was and it's still a great place. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, Rick has had Pastor Steve Eden on his podcast several times, yes. and. His church teaches grace. It's a great church. Yeah, so it's not that. So why don't we go there? Because it's 30 minutes each way. How about 45? Okay, 45 minutes each way. And honestly, okay, that's part of the reason. And, and where Pat goes sounds like a place that we would. We, yeah. Okay, but it's it's about, if it's about community, and it is, being, you know, people throw up the verse about, you know, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. Well, <laughs> there was no church at that time. It was just hang out with other believers, be with other believers. Well, we do that every day. Every day. Up here at Oneness. Mm-hmm. We we hang out with with each other and we go do things in the name of Oneness. So we are associating with other believers. That's our community. Plus doing the podcast is a community of its own. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, if... Jeremy Griffin, um, who's the Stream Grace Network guy that put all this together, asked me on a podcast one day, what would it take for you to go to start going to church again? And I said, God would have to tell me to. He would have to impress upon me that he wanted me there again. And then I would go. And so far he hasn't. And I've, we gain more from being in this little family of believers, I think, than I ever would do sitting in front of a guy for an hour once a week and or twice a week and we consistently hear from church goers you're missing out on on god's <laughs> message are we and i go no we're not <laughs> i hear god very very well yeah. usually it's at two or three o'clock in the morning thank you for not waking me up by the way yeah but that's just not true god is with me all the time yeah and that's what they should be teaching at church. <laughs> you have the freedom mm-hmm. to not have to go every Sunday. Mm-hmm. You go because that's what you choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't go because somebody tries to guilt you into doing something they think is holy and righteous. I am holy and righteous without church. Mm-hmm. I'm still a part of church, capital mm-hmm. C. Well, one of the things that we do up here, just every so often, it's not a in stone thing, but we do a thing called an, a room of grace, mm-hmm. which we borrowed from John Lynch, the, the title. But we we get together and we have a small mm-hmm. topic, I mean, very vague sort mm-hmm. of, and just see where it goes. And whoever wants to come up here can come up here, and we have discussions. And guess what? We don't have to agree. Yeah. And nobody gets mad at you. And nobody makes you conform. Because, you know, we up here on staff don't agree on everything. There has been a time, there was a time, and I can only think of one of these, where somebody started down a road that was completely theologically opposite of where we are. Well, but but, but it was more... When you're trying to coerce other people to mm-hmm. go that way, yes, because I don't feel like we need to shut down conversations. No. you know, it, it's more the. Here's why. I, here's why I'm right, and why you're. Yeah, wrong. I mean that's a problem because that's what we don't want. Yes, up here we want you to be able to come up here and ask questions. Yes, I mean we've we've had conversations with different people about. Um, how did the books in the Bible become the Bible and who decided and what uh, translation is correct and 
how do you know? And I mean, we we've talked we've talked about aliens and stuff before. I mean, there's all sorts of things that we can talk about. Yes, and we don't we still love each other at the end of the day. But mm-hmm. I believe that's what when Jesus was here, that's what it looked like. What it looked like. So Jesus never gave a formula mm-mm. for the, his relationship to us. Yeah, there is no formula, yeah. and most churches create formulas. Most churches create lists of things you must do to prove you are a follower of Jesus, and the result of that is righteousness. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what the Pharisees did. <laughs> they they made they made their own rules, added on the the old of, of the law, and they made things harder. Well, it's sort of you know we are under grace. There is no law for us. Yeah. We. Jesus lives in our hearts and talks to us every day. And we just have to, we do what Jesus did. We just listen to what the father said. Mm -hmm. So we, we listen to what the spirit says to Mm -hmm. us. And if he tells me something different than he tells you, that doesn't mean one of us is wrong. Right. It just doesn't because Jesus is outside the box. If, if you belong to a church and you are Thriving. thriving and understand your relationship Please, please keep going. We are not advocating, let's destroy the church and build something new. We're not advocating that. We're advocating that if God is not speaking to you where you are, you need to find a place where you can hear him. And, you know, if you just need a place to come and talk to somebody and hang out with people, we're here. And we are safe. Yeah, yeah. So the where you, whether you're in church or you're not in church, I guess we just want to say accept each other where where you are because people find out that we're that we are not in church and they they seem to think that their mission in life is to get us back in. Yes, <laughs> you know, like make us feel guilty or well, you haven't come on my church. It's probably better. Well, we're not interested at this point at all. No. So be kind to each other and and accept those that go and those that don't and understand that the reasons that so many of us and other people called the duns mm-hmm. have left has nothing to do with their faith in Christ it has to do with and it's not disagreeing over the color of the carpet man i'm tired of hearing that it's about real deep wounds in a lot of cases, really deep wounds, or just a desire to be free of the religiosity and be able to listen to God and do do what he has for you. You just gave me a word, the routine religiousness. Hmm. So it becomes routine. Mm-hmm. It becomes ritual. Mm-hmm. It becomes the same excuse to not hear God on your own. Uh, but I That's think the I, tragedy of if, this. But if most Christians aren't taught to trust what they hear from God on their oh own, they're going to they're going to stay. Whole new topic. Well, it is, yeah. but but that's another reason you stay. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I get my uh, direction from church on Sunday morning and maybe Wednesday night and and stuff like that. But that's it. I call that the <laughs> death of comparison. Mm. You have to compare yourself with the guy standing up there behind that pulpit. And you cannot, mm-hmm. you cannot, you cannot um, compare yourself with people who you think knows more, acts mm-hmm. better, believes um, deeper than you do. 
and the thing you said about them being on an island, the other part of that is who do they get to talk to? Yeah. Because they have to be the perfect one and the guy that has all the answers. Yes. And so they're in a bad spot as well. They sure are. And they can't afford to admit it. No, no. And that's why, who do they get to talk to? Yeah. So many of them have maybe one, two close friends because they can't. Yes. And and it's just as judgmental the other way around. Yes, it is. <laughs> From the congregation. If they show weakness, the congregation Mm -hmm. immediately jumps on them. Yeah. And, you know, you hear this all the time, and I absolutely believe it. We're the only army that shoots its wounded. (laughs) Yeah. How are we doing on time? We're good. I want to talk a little bit, and this may be another topic, but I was a part of the Jesus Revolution. We saw the movie. Yeah, if you haven't seen the movie, you should go see you the movie. You should go see. You should and see the And the three movie. just did a podcast about it that just came out. So. And you cannot believe the opposition we faced by the way we changed music, mm-hmm. by the way we changed worship, by the way we dressed, and why and how we didn't meet um, religious standards. Mm-hmm. We didn't wear ties. Mm-hmm. We wore shirts, shorts to church. I was, I was one of the first persons in my church to wear shorts on Sunday morning. Why am I not surprised? And I would hear the youth pastor. He said to me one time, "I wish I had the courage to wear shorts." Really? Yeah. Hmm. But hmm. I can't be. I, I can't be normal. I can't be. Oh, there's a whole topic. <laughs> I can't. I can't be held back by religious restrictions. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. in my relationship to Jesus, am free. Mm-hmm. And He said, "Well, I guess it was Paul that said it. Mm-hmm. Christ made us free for freedom's sake. Mm-hmm. It's not about behavior or looks or words or thoughts." It's about the freedom, mm-hmm. and we get to explore that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other one, other thing about what I've read in these two books, uh, and we'll put the titles in the show notes so that you can find them, was that um, people don't need a weekly organized place, religious place to be to find to hang out with other believers. Right. They're doing it all over the place. Yes. They're meeting for dinner. They're meeting for uh, you know, let's go bowling. I, I don't know, stuff like that. But I mean, bowling, bowling that's the first thing I thought of. Let's go ride bicycles. <laughs> but the point is, it's like, it's, it's like some people in, in churches think that, well, if there's not a church, then you're not ever going to connect with other believers. Or, but yes, you can. Or mm. if you start doing this and you start meeting with people and you mm-hmm. start enjoying them, let's get a building. Yes. Oh my gosh. We met, we started in a home and now we have this big building. What big, you know, the original churches were in literally people's homes. Yes. In fact, they found um, ruins of pe- of buildings, of, of houses where they've built on like a big room in areas where the, the early church was. Yep. And that's where they, they just built on a bigger room in their house, yep. but they met together and just hung out, yeah. you know? So that's go, that's okay. If you need permission, you get to do that. That is church. That is church. Yes. That is church. And it wasn't one person talking. No. It was people just gathering together and sharing their life together. And, and they would just 
and, and people are doing that today. In fact, I'll mention another book. Uh, there's a, a book called um, Reimagining Church mm-hmm. and another one called Insurgents by Frank Viola. Mm-hmm. And those are great because it, it goes into how people are recreating church for themselves. And don't forget, this is something Pat likes to say, the word religion, if you go to the root word that, that is religion, it means to rebind. Yes. And religion is bondage, and Christianity is not a religion. It's a life. And Frank Viola also talks about it. I don't remember which book. It was the first book. Pagan Christianity. Pagan Christianity. Which is really good, Which too. he talks about the way church is held mm-hmm. now is based on Greek and Roman mm-hmm. religious meetings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The whole idea. Or pagan. Or pagan beliefs. Mm-hmm. The whole idea of a talking head mm-hmm. came from the Greeks. Mm-hmm. The whole idea of a pulpit in front became was um, a, a pagan ritual. Mm-hmm. It is amazing how much we've adopted things from irreligious behavior mm-hmm. that became religious mm-hmm. religion. Yeah. So again, we're not saying it's satanic or, no, or whatever, no, to, no. but we're saying understand where things came from because just because we think this is a Christian thing to do doesn't mm-hmm. mean it is. Yes. And it doesn't mean it's from the Bible. Yes. It doesn't mean it's from scripture or from the early church. I, I'm sitting here wondering how, how we just, just make the distinction from something that's become normal mm. but religious. Mm. Once you accept this as normal Christian behavior, mm-hmm. it has no bearing on the religiosity mm-hmm. of that behavior. And so we just accept it as what it should be. And after 150 or 200 years of doing this, it is almost a sin to want to change that. Mm-hmm. Well, there's I a think l- <laughs> it's vital that we yeah. look at the truth about how we meet for church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what Frank Viola does. Right. And that's, again, one of the things about where, where Pat goes is they have a rotating group of people. But, and I've not been, I went to one of her women's groups one time, but I, I understand that it's not a lecture. It's a give and take where people can, It's a dis, it can be a discussion, more of a discussion format, which is how the early church really that's was. It should be. Yeah. yeah. I am absolutely convinced I hear God as clearly as any other man mm-hmm. or woman. Mm-hmm. And what I hear from God, um, to me, it, it may be um, skewed a little bit through my filters, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty confident that what I'm hearing is the truth. Well, I think God can figure that out. If yes. he knows you from the inside out and he knows your filters, I think he can figure out how to be clear. I do, too. I mm-hmm. do, too. So I, I think I want that to be a future um, mm-hmm. podcast on how do you hear God. Yep. I think so. I think that would be good. Yep. So I hear music. Me too. Is that God speaking to us? It's He's saying, I love you guys. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing. That's what he's saying. Yeah. So if you got any questions or want to come up here and talk, you know, you can get a hold of us. We're at oneness-ministries.org, and then we're on Facebook at Free the Saints. Come hang out. Mm -hmm. Come have lunch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who are you, Pat? (laughs) She says that all the time. But anyway, but uh, so there's the end of that. That's the end. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Be sure and subscribe and 
greatest and all of that stuff. And, and there are other podcasts that you can listen to. Mm-hmm. I have another one called Rick Fry in Real Time. Mm-hmm. And you and the gals. The gals. <laughs> How about Sharon and Pat? We you do the three. The three. Mm-hmm. So tune in. Yep. Thanks. Thanks. Bye.